0: Hey, the have a podcast, episode 129. I no, thought we already did 129. Yes, we did. So.
1: <laughs> Wait, do we play it now or later? What? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go. Play it now.
0: We're We're back! Yeah, we're (laughs) back after a couple months
1: off. Eight Uh, years we have been gone in a journey in the land of the lost. Yeah. Uh, There was 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 T-Rexes. I was going through stuff.
0: There was a lot of stuff going on. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do the podcast because I don't have the energy for that. Listen, I want to take a nap too (laughs) sometimes. A little hibernation. Uh, So we're going to be We're back until probably November, like the beginning of November, and then we're going to do our Comic-Con again, and then go away. (laughs) So, right now we got a Kickstarter going on for Mittens 2. If you like cats and space and all that other stuff, then you'll like Mittens. Are we screen sharing? I'm going to. Um,
1: he sure wanted me to do it. Uh, um, yeah, We're doing so, awesome. That's what's happening. Let yeah. to show you how awesome. Look at that. People <laughs> like cats, and if yeah, you don't, don't donate, you hate cats.
0: And dogs that, that's, and that's, there's there's a lot new of uh, new characters in the second one. Um, like dogs introduced. Yeah, there's a pug named Slugger. He gets introduced. Uh, Commissioner Quackers has more of a role, I guess. Um, and then there's another character that is actually roll. pretty important to just our universe in general. He is in this issue. So that's pretty cool. <clears throat> um, nice. And there's a picture that's in issue two. I haven't said this on any other show or anything like that. Just our show. <laughs> um, there is a picture that's in like one panel and that person in the picture is like very 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 important to like our comic universe so nice yeah is it who
1: i think it is do we have a playing card of him that was never printed that hector might have designed no no we don't have that yet though there's no like
0: Who's that? Ring in the doorbell. Right now. <laughs> We're back, baby. It's Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> um now, I don't think he has a yes, D. I don't think he has a uh trade card, but he he's like super important and everything. Is it
1: pizza? Did you get pizza?
0: No, I didn't. In the middle
1: <laughs> of our podcast, Greg. Damn. Uh, <laughs> I
0: think it's a person that
1: like that was a Nice. Um,
0: yep, it's it's him. Uh, so, yeah. Um, mittens, we're almost to 3,000. So probably by the time that this goes live on Wednesday, it will probably be at that. Uh, that's our next stretch goal, and that's our, like, parody Pokemon trading card set. So we're going to have, like, Mittens and Slugger and all... Couple other characters like on like our own version of
1: like Pokemon
0: trading cards.
1: Do they have yeah. elemental powers?
0: Uh, they have something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. They got little attacks that uh, had to come up with, like uh, cat scratch. And I was gonna call it cat, cat scratch, scratch fever. Yeah, I, was but I was like,
1: yeah That should have been a side effect. It's like after three, uh, every time you ha- do this attack, flip a coin, and if it lands on heads then uh applies cat scratch fever. Yeah. Where the guy can't stop scratching himself in the next, <laughs> um, the next twenty minutes.
0: That those cards are going to basically the high tier people. So we have uh, <clears throat> a plushie and there's only one of those left. And uh so people are going awesome. to that yeah, so there's a mittens plushie and then you get like almost everything else with that. Um that's eighty five dollars. Uh yes, eighty five. And um then there's the sketch cover, and that's $125. There's two of those left out of five, so that's pretty crazy. Um, so those people will get those, and then I think we're going to make it as an add-on because it's pretty cheap to make the cards, so that's awesome. Um, cheap, no. Pretty inexpensive. Inexpensive. <laughs> and then the they last... They're not
1: cheap. They're high quality. Yeah, we were going to do
0: uh glow-in-the-dark covers, but we're not doing that for this one because trying to like save some money and maybe some of the money that we get i can like use for you know, the next not, one the next well yeah the next one <laughs> um do i get more more mittens yeah uh the well, third one is the last one so of this plot arc uh there's a lot more after that um and uh, then there's one last stretch goal, and that's the Mitten's Ashcan. And it's actually the adventures of Mitten's, like, before he, like, went away from his little group gang thing that he's part of called Oath of the Litter. If you know Oath
1: what, of the Litter? Yeah.
0: If you know what that is, it's uh, on his trading card. So you can get the <clears throat> trading card on our 90s throwback tier that we unlocked through a stretch goal earlier in the campaign. Um <clears throat> Uh, he actually joined. He has a sidekick cat, and it's actually my cat Marshall. So, and he's kind of dumb. So he's <laughs> just exactly
1: it. like his cat. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so he <clears throat> they uh, are looking for the blueprint for the perfect tuna sandwich. So it kind of is like meta because we gave that away um, in the first campaign with the flash drive. So it's kind of like bringing that back. So yeah, without further ado, um, yeah, back mittens, by the way, uh, if you are watching this, it's the thing scrolling on the bottom of the screen.
1: And that's assuming that we haven't already sold out of our plushies. There's one left. Yeah, get, it. Yeah, yeah, get, the, get, the get it. Or I'm going to get it.
0: It's also going to be in the description on YouTube and whatever. And it'll be every single time I'm sharing the podcast. Uh, And uh, yeah, so Back Mittens, it's got like 15 days. By 6 o'clock, it'll be 14 days. So it ends August 20th, which is we're going to be recording another podcast episode. So by the time that comes out, though, it'll be over. Um, Cool. So I will invite our guest. You see right? Elvis, what's up?
2: Going on, can you guys hear me
1: well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you hear us? Yes, sir. Cool. How are you awesome. I'm doing this,
2: this afternoon? Good,
1: doing good. pretty good. I <laughs> coffee though, so I'm a little mad about that. There's my,
2: <laughs> my cup of coffee. Cheers,
1: <laughs> you should get yourself Powerade. a buttercat mug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> we have two. We have a latte one, and we have a uh, just a regular mug. I actually I have them in see. my kitchen. <clears throat> uh, no I wish you still has. Had, I wish you still had that promo for that somewhere on here. I cool. I,
1: I'm MIA, so I cannot show it to you. I don't even know where I would have put it.
0: Yeah, cool. mine are in the cabinet in the kitchen.
1: Oh, There's it's over there. there. That's why I see it. It's <laughs> off in the distance, so I can't show it to you. I could go get it, but then I'd have to get it. <laughs>
0: so uh we're gonna ask a couple questions and stuff so uh so who are you and what do you do Then we'll get into the deep dive
2: my name is elvis cardona and i'm an artist um hailing from uh, north carolina but living in kentucky right now with my wife and my children um i'm an artist uh at dynamite entertainment as a sketch card artist and i've done um other projects for Upper Deck, Marvel, Sketch Cards, um Nova Comics for a Kickstarter print for Chronicles of Horror, Volume, uh, is it Volume 1 or Volume 2? Two?
1: 2, I think, right? Volume
2: 2, yeah. Thanks. I did a print for, for that Kickstarter. And um, stay at home, Dad, for now. I'm currently looking for a job. I just got laid off my job a few weeks ago uh, at a warehouse factory. So currently looking for work right now. Um, Yeah, um, I'm an artist, cartoonist, um, lucky comics. I did a cover for Crown the Barbarian, um, cover B, and I did a cover for um, uh, Rebel Comics, uh, Mud Issue number one is a Halloween issue, uh, variant cover. Yeah, I'm, I'm mainly a husband and father and artist
1: <laughs> uh, I actually i uh, was looking through i was trying to find some bios on you and uh first off you definitely got to get more about you written online i was like looking through all the stuff i'm like what's 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 yes. this guy about what else is, what else don't we know and then i'm yes. like oh there's not a lot going there but i did find out that it said you've been drawing since you were nine and then you yes. had stopped for a while And I basically wanted to ask, what what prompted you to pick up the pencil again and pursue comic artistry?
2: Uh, That's a good question. I did start when I was nine years old, and I would draw just random things. Uh, I would draw in school, after school, um, draw at home. And I just stopped for a long time. Um, But reading comic books since i was a kid and just being influenced by the artwork and the artists the old artists like john romita jr and senior and uh gene colin and um john buscema um what inspired me to pick up the pencil again was i love drawing uh, it's very therapeutic it uh very very um it makes the time go by fast once you get sucked in your artwork and you just you're in the zone and you're just focused and everything else just fades away so to speak because you're just so focused in your artwork and and creating i love i love creating um uh recently started a moment character named black titan Uh, he's a black superhero and um a writer from uh, lucky comics uh, wrote a script for me and i started doing the layout pages two layout pages it's an eight page comic book um and I stopped that for a while because I pursued other projects uh you know, dynamite entertainment and just doing sketch cards and um doing different creations here and there. Um just commissioned I've done commissions. Um <clears throat> but basically I just uh, got in that's wanted to draw again and I love doing it.
0: So cool. <laughs> uh do you have any like what are your like biggest artistic influences and like Um, inspires your artwork and storytelling?
2: I really love the old artwork from like the sixties, seventies and eighties artwork from the comic book artwork. uh, Like the silver age. age. Yeah. The silver age. Yeah. Silver age. Like John Romita senior, I love his Spider-Man, Ross Andrews, Spider-Man definitely love Gene Colan's artwork on Daredevil and Iron Man. Um, I'm just a, a big fan of the of the old school artwork. Um I the Bronze it.
1: Age. I think I just realized I mixed that up. The Bronze Age starts in 1970.
2: Yeah, yeah, the Bronze Age. Yeah. yeah. yeah, Bronze Age, yeah. <laughs> a lot of my comic collection is from like the sixties, seventies, eighties. I got a few nineties books like Topic Prowler, Spider Man. I got a lot of the John Burn X Men. Um I got a lot of the Romita Jr. and Roger Stern run of Spider-Man at like the Hobgoblin. Um, I'm just a big fan of the old, like the art, the old school artwork. I'm not much into the new stuff. I mean, some of the new stuff is, is pretty good, but I feel like some of the artwork that's coming out now is kind of straight away from the old style of you know, drawing.
1: What, what in particular do you like about the old style? Like like something I've noticed about anime, for example, is that the old anime, there was just something about it. I couldn't figure it out until I had rewatched, um, I think it was Cowboy Bebop. And the thing I noticed was their immense detail to background images that you might never even like get close to. like they Like there's sometimes where they're going by a city or buildings that they will never go into, will never like you know go visit or or they won't even land on that planet and for whatever reason immense detail to the background and to me i think what they did was by doing that they built a like a stronger world around it but when it comes to like the comic book space what what from the old comics like what what type of drawing is it like the 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 lightness and the coloring the the uh, sharpness of the inking, or like if anything, maybe the more sharpness now that you don't like. Like, what's the uh, what, what are the like details of it that you really liked then and aren't so much a fan of now? Um, well,
2: I really like um, the differences for me uh, between the old school and the new school artwork. Um, what really draws me in the old school artwork is just the way the they would draw their characters and the movements and the inking especially because I, I love inking um, my stuff too inking um it was very clean and crisp the pencil line the pencil lines were really just clean and crisp and um very you know very easily to interpret um and the inking styles of like joe synod um I just I don't know how to explain it. It's just the artwork from the eighties and the sixties and seventies is just it's got a lot a lot of energy to me. Um, and that's what makes me want to do more artwork and comics and and just my own my own start my own my own book eventually or pursue that. Um, the way they would do their layouts and everything and just you can it's for me for me it's easy to follow along with the old school uh, way of comic books, um,
1: like, like probably their panel flows and things like that as well. The then panel flow,
2: the panel flows and like the way they would um, have some of their, their characters, you know, break out of the panels and everything was just very detailed. Um, the backgrounds, the buildings, like Spider-Man swinging, you know, through the city of New York, um, especially like Tom McFarland style. Mm-hmm. Yes. Tom McFarland style, he was, I watched a a short documentary of him called Like Hell I Won't, it's on YouTube, Um, very inspiring, Um, and Todd Spider-Man for me is just, he broke away from the old traditional of how to do the, you know, the character and he added more webbing to his costume and the, the big eyes and webbing almost was like, it was alive to me. It would come out of the page, and it was his style to me, is one of the most, you know, most one of the founding styles of of comic artwork today. Um, sorry, I'm a bit nervous. I've never done first time doing a podcast, well, second time with a podcast, but um,
1: oh, you're all good. No, it's cool, though, because like the uh, I, I definitely agree, there's um, there's some differences in how drawn in some of that artwork would pull you in. And how, yeah, some some of the artwork now, uh, it's weird because it actually seems more detailed, but more flat. Like it doesn't feel as like uh, you know in depth as as it used to. And I feel like it's because there's just something about the old way that comics were drawn that they didn't have a lot to work with, so they did the best with what they can. And now it's so easy to do. I feel like it's almost like people are trying to make it faster, which also makes sense. Like if one person can pump out 20 comics of okay quality and one person just makes one really good one every right. eight years, right? Like it's not gonna, you're not gonna be able to compete with the person who's just pumping them out and building a world because I feel like that's that's the thing. And I think that's why I was mentioning like the old anime that I like, it's world building. There's this beautiful landscapes that we never even have to touch, but I can see them. And right. so it just, pulls you in while they're just flying by this building, you know? So yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. I noticed on, uh, what is it? Art station. Cause it was one of the few places I could find a bio. I did see, you know, a freelance sketch card artist <laughs> at, uh, you know, dynamite entertainment. And also uh, I noticed that you emphasize, you know, you're a believer in Christ. And I wanted to ask how, do, how does your faith influence your creative process? Does it, you know, does it, adjust like your drawing style or what you choose to draw or how you choose to draw it um you know how does that impact your your artwork so um
2: being a believer in christ um i believe that he um he gave me this talent to be able to draw because not not, not everyone can draw i mean people can draw but for me it's a god-given talent to be able to draw and just you know from from little from you know nine years old to now um and he uh christ to me is he's my he's my savior he's my my friend my brother um and he's i'm when i do my artwork i'm i'm like working for the lord to please him not you know people or, or myself just to please him and i do my bet Well, I do stay away from, you know, the sexualized artwork, you know, because dynamite has a lot of, you know, red Sonia and Vampirella and I try to stay away from those kind of things and make my artwork clean and you know, kid friendly. And, um, I just, that's, that's why I do those that kind of artwork. I just stay away from the other stuff, the sexualized artwork. And there's, there's a lot of it out there. Um, a lot of it out there. And I try to stay away from those when' drawing
1: yeah it's interesting yeah just was curious uh,
0: how would you describe your like artistic style and how did you develop your unique visual storytelling approach
2: um, my style um, <coughs> I lean toward more more like a cartoonish style I used to uh, try to copy and try to like do stuff like Ramita Sr. did and Ramita Jr. and um, Jack Kirby is another one. Um, and I just developed my own style. Um, I use a lot of references of things I can't like. Hands for me are really hard to draw. Um, but my visual style and artwork is just, I try to envision what I want in my head on paper and I just, I just let it flow out my style. It's sometimes it's different from my style can be different, you know, from day to day, depending on what I'm drawing. And um, as far as comic book art goes, um, I try to use the influences that I grew up reading, uh, Romita, senior, junior, um, Gene Colin, um Herb Trimpey. So I try to visualize what I'm trying to do, and interpret that on paper. And I just you know getting that creative not that creative mindset and uh, half the time i'm just I'm just zoned in and um i try to just make my artwork clean and um my visuals my visual style um i have a lot of influences in my artwork creativity wise and artwork wise so
1: that's, that's cool it's funny what you mentioned hands because uh I had a roommate in college who basically got a huge scholarship just because he was really good at drawing hands. Like he, it, it's it's one of the most difficult things to draw. That's why a lot of cartoonists draw with four fingers because right. that extra, like for whatever reason, like this extra output of the thumb, it throws it throws artists off. And uh, right. I, I just remember he had he had this like really cool artwork where uh, it was like a phone, like a smartphone, in front of the hand. And, like, the hand was drawn so well. And then where the smartphone was, it was, like, an X-ray where the inside of the hand was all uh, – what's it called? Robotics. Like, it was, like, a robotic hand. So it looks like – yeah, that's – it is very cool when someone's, like, exceptionally good at drawing hands. But it is, like, an interesting, um, like, kneecap for most people. Um, Speaking of which, you you mentioned, um, like – so that's kind of how you shaped your comic book artistry. Uh, you mentioned, uh, you, you work with, uh, dynamite entertainment, specifically doing sketch cards as well. Yes. What, what makes ske- uh sketch card artistry unique? Like what, what's like, do you try to like, you know, draw it the same way you would draw a panel or do you draw it a little different, more like concept art, things like that?
2: Um, It's more of a concept art because it's, of course, working like a panel or or it's a very small space and you have to kind of utilize the entire space when you're doing a character or especially a character or background. Um, Again, it's working with a very small space and it took me a long time on how to draw on a sketch card. Uh, When I first did sketch cards for Upper Deck and Marvel, I uh, sent in a few samples to the art director and... um, I must say it's my, it's, I've come a long way doing sketch cards. Um, my style doing sketch cards has changed. Um, but yes, it's working with a very small space and limited space. So you have to utilize it, you know, just try to make the best of utilizing entire space if you are doing just, uh, a head, you know, just a head sketch or doing a full character on a sketch card. You have to like I say you have to utilize the entire space of that sketch card and just make it work. Is they're they're it's they're not really you know easy to do sketch cards. Um, yeah. do, bit-
1: do you actually draw them on the size of a sketch card, or do you work with the larger piece and scale it? Because I know like some like you know storyboarding uh, and like comics uh, comic panels. Some some people will work on a larger page and then scale it down. Um, but are you drawing like on the actual card size like itself?
2: Yes. Uh, when I did Boglin's first Dynamite. Um, they had all the artists um on that project do uh i think it was maybe four or maybe five sketches on a sheet of paper and i had to do mine um sketch card i drew it out with a ruler the, the size of the sketch card and did my sketches my sketches on the size of the sketch card and then i went from there and did my actual cards on my drawings on on the sketch cards and i did different ones Um, I did one boggling with it as a DJ, uh, one as an airplane pilot, um, a space cadet, one surfing on a surfboard. I mean, but and to me, drawing a sketch card is is, uh, very unique. A lot of people can't draw on sketch cards. I mean, it took me a long time to learn how to draw on a sketch card because the space was so small, and it took me a while to get it right, so...
1: Hmm, that's cool. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> um, yeah, so since you were, like, drawing on, like, a, such a small surface, like <clears throat> canvas, um, do you have, like, trouble trying to be a perfectionist?
2: Like, how do you Yes, like, I am a perfectionist. I try to get it right every time. Uh, I don't like making mistakes, although I do make mistakes drawing. I, I hate making mistakes I don't like. Have to draw it, you know. Go back and fix it. I am. That's me. One of my biggest downfalls as far as being a perfectionist, trying to get it perfect every time. So,
1: yeah, that, that's funny because uh, I I watched some like uh, what's it called, like a video about procrastination and yes. and perfectionism, and it basically it, it's just a big overlap because uh, you know some people procrastinate by not doing and doing the last second, and some people really procrastinate. <laughs> by trying to seek perfection when if it's a paid gig, I get it. Like trying to get as perfect as you can get. But one of the things that, um, the video pointed out was like, it's kind of what I mentioned earlier, like releasing a comic every week versus a comic every year. It's the idea that, uh, if you can get 60% or 65% of your absolute best and then release it, and then you do it again, right. You can probably release, you know, five times more than somebody who gets 95%. Cause like that last remaining percentage is so hard to get. Like, you know, that 85 to 95% is super hard. Like no one ever gets a hundred percent perfect, right? Like, it, you know, it, cause even, even like uh, the best artists are like, ah, like I could always do something different. I could always make this one improvement, right? But like the whole idea was that if you get to 65%, you can get there much faster than you can get to that remaining percentage. And so you can release like rapid fire and then what happens is <clears throat> you're like pie of like how good you can be like the hundred percent gets larger. So eventually that 65% is bigger than the 95%, right? right. Some people spend forever. Like, cause I, I know that that was one of my biggest things when I, I used to play around a lot with Photoshop, I would spend like days on one image, just trying to make this perfect look. And then I would, I would like, you know, do that a couple of times and then I'd stop doing it for a while. And then I'd try to go back and do it. And I couldn't because I had only worked on one thing and then walked away. You know, I didn't keep releasing and make a different one and try something different and learn a different technique from some other technique I was doing, right? So yeah, I just think that's, uh, that's interesting. Um, Got a lot of unfinished
2: projects, um, like comes from procrastination and wanting to get it perfect first time. And honestly, I mean, it's never gonna be perfect, especially being an artist, it's never gonna be perfect um there's a video montage called finish but not finished um but not perfect um and i find that video montage very inspiring because you can have a finished product it may not be perfect but it's, it's a, finished, a finished product yeah and i've got a book on on how to draw comics um from different artists and um like ramita jr says you know the the key is storytelling the artwork always almost comes last but the storytelling always has to come first. If you can tell a story, visual, or visualized, a visual story, visualized, you know, visual story on paper, then the artwork almost comes last. It's about the storytelling.
1: Yeah, hundred so. um, percent. Oh yeah, so uh, yeah, I, like I said, was scanning all your bios, trying to find stuff. I noticed another one. Uh, You're a big oh, hip hop wow. enthusiast, and yes. uh, one thing I wanted to ask was, you know, obviously you've got faith that guides your artistry, but how does how does hip hop or maybe even just music in general, like, you know, shape what you draw? Like, do, do you listen to music while you draw? Do you specifically not listen to music or is there specific music you listen to? Like, you know, how, how, do, how does uh, music play a role in your artistry?
2: So I listen to music a lot when I'm drawing uh, a lot. I like a lot of uh, soundtrack music, like ambience, like Ambient mu- music, this background music, no lyrics or singing, just sometimes this background noise. Um, like atmospheric music, I listen to a lot of um, uh, jazz with like hip hop beats mixed in with it, no lyrics again, just jazz, hip hop. Um, I listen to Christian music as well, um, when I'm drawing upbeat Christian music. Um, but I do listen to a lot of music when I'm drawing. If I'm drawing like a Spider-Man, I'd listen to Spider-Man soundtrack, like the movie soundtrack or something like that. I know it sounds kind of, kind of you know, kiddish, but I do like listening to a lot of soundtracks. When I'm drawing. If I'm drawing the Flash, I'll listen to a Flash album, or like the TV series or whatever. Like I drew, a, I'm working with a cancel organization right now, doing sketch covers, and I, I did a Flash cover. And I listened to the Flash movie soundtrack while I was drawing the Flash on my cover. And it kinda gives me inspiration because I'm doing a specific character and I like to go in and just get myself ready and my mindset going and myself pumped up to do this drawing of this character. And I listen to a lot of like I said, listen to a lot of soundtracks, um, a lot of hip hop, old school hip hop to give me that that focus and everything. So, yeah, but music has a big influence
0: in my artwork, a big influence in my artwork. Yeah. Yeah, I listen to music sometimes when I'm like writing. <clears throat> and uh, I do listen to like lyrics and stuff. So sometimes I'm actually like typing and I type the lyrics down. I was like, oh shit.
1: <laughs> and I know. Like, yeah, that's no, definitely, uh, it's interesting because. I'm similar in that. Like I can't listen to songs with vocal or with vocals in them. Mostly if it's a song that I really like, ironically, like if it's a song that's like, you know, whatever, then I can just have it in the background. But if it's a song I like, like, it pulls my attention. But yeah, I do do like listening to instrumentals. I used to listen to, um, I I tried doing the classical thing. I couldn't do it. I actually made me sleepy. Uh, but the other one I used to listen to was, um, uh, instrumental metal music. It's actually surprisingly for, because I'm, I'm ADHD and what it does is it almost like overwhelms all other distractions. And because there's no words, it just sounds like a white noise to my brain. I'm just like, so I'm working away and then all of a sudden it's just, you know, <laughs> just like going like crazy in the background. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I do like listening to uh, instrumentals while working.
2: I think it brings out the creativity in an artist. In writing an artist or drawing, I think it brings out a lot of creativity because, like you go, like you said, the lyrics kind of maybe be a distraction, but listening to the music without lyrics and just instruments, you know, guitars, drums, or turntables or beats or, I really think it opens up the creativity flow, especially for me, when I'm doing artwork, when I'm creating something. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like certain kind of music I actually put on depending on like how I want to write. So like the mood. So mm-hmm. if I want it to be kind of depressing, then I'll be listening to some like, depressing music. <laughs> then be like, Oh, this guy's gotta be really sad. So I gotta Wait,
1: be uh <laughs> music,
2: <laughs> music has a lot. Music can is, is a really big hi buddy. Music is a big, big influence. Um and music, to me, is just depending, like I said, it, and music does affect your mood. It can make you sad, happy. It bring It can bring back a song from when you were younger. You hear this on the radio. It brings back this memories of, of things that happened in that certain time of your life. And a lot of music I listen to from when I was, because I grew up in the 80s. so I was, I was a lot of 80s metal, a rock. 80s, um, like, I like um, Boston, and I like Toto, and... Nice. <laughs> uh mix, many uh, Lennox. I like a lot of 80s. I'm a huge 80s music fan, and I love the music. Um, yeah, music is a, a big influence, Um especially if you're, if you're writing or drawing or creating something. Music it helps a lot. It helps you it helps me focus.
0: So <sighs> we're gonna switch. Gears a little. Uh, so, like, what kind of advice would you give to artists that don't really like showing their own work, like on social media or whatever?
2: Uh, that's a good question because I'm the same way sometimes. Um, the best advice I can give to artists that are in the in industry and, and starting off and are kind of embarrassed to their artwork on social media, um, to me, eventually it has to. Be, I mean that's that's a hard one because um if you're creating something you love to do love drawing you're just scared to show your artwork i mean to me you have to be i mean it, it's going to get critique in any way i mean whether it be good or bad critique it's going to get critique and take me a while to. because i mean i mean my artwork used to suck really bad it, it sucked um I would go back to man. Did I really draw this? Like, this is horrible. And I would post it on Facebook or whatever. And I mean, and I was like, man, why did I even post this? Because to me, it wasn't that great, but I got good feedback and I got bad feedback. But when you're creating something, um, it's about getting your name out there and your artwork so people can see and people can, Hey, give you advice. Hey, you need to work on this or work on that. Um, you know, but i think it's a, i think it's a good i think it's a good thing to show your stuff on, on 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 social media because you get a lot of feedback um and you can take that feedback be negative or positive and you can turn it into a positive you can say well yeah i mean i can go back and tweak that a little bit or uh, fix this you know head or shading or whatever it might be you're you're doing and um people across the world on Facebook and social media. So you have always this huge audience that's looking at your work and they can say, Hey, this is really great. Or, you know, like I said, work on this or that, but it's just about getting feedback from different people and showing your artwork. Hey, this is what I did. This is what I created. And it doesn't have to be great or it, you know, it it can just be something that you draw. And um, yeah, my advice would just be, post it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and be ready for the feedback and have an open mind to the feedback and, you know, don't be, hey, well, you know, I don't appreciate that comment because a lot of negative comments can actually boost you to being better and wanting to do better in your artwork and not be so, you know, sore about it. Well, hey, you know, I don't appreciate that comment. But be open to different critiques.
1: Yeah, that, that's, that's definitely yeah. solid advice too. Because like, I feel like a lot of artists they hold, like you mentioned earlier, the perfectionism. It's like you don't even have to release finished artwork. Like you could release artwork that you've that you've already like that you've started, but it hasn't completed yet. And like my that'd be my biggest suggestion. I, I like the Gary V mindset of document don't create and documentation is the process to which you get to the final result and so that's a huge thing you can share it along the way and maybe someone does give you feedback along the way and 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 i do love that like the negative stuff i feel like more people need negative stuff to like shape themselves better like if if someone says something negative about you and it doesn't it doesn't affect you then you're probably already good in that spot if it does affect you you there's probably something you need to work on like uh, one one thing i i uh I think my aunt for, she took a picture of me at a pool party like years ago and she posted it on Facebook and I didn't know about it until I saw it. And I was like, oh my God, I am fat as fuck and I never <laughs> want to look like that. And I told her that later that after I lost all the weight, that was the photo that inspired me. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make you feel bad. I'm like, no, I'm glad somebody did because no one was doing it. Right? Like no one was doing it to any degree that made me want to change until I saw that picture. And I'm like, oh no, like that you know, that that's the thing I needed to see. So yeah, absolutely. Negativity can really shape a person. It helps you
2: grow as an artist or anything you're doing, if it's writing or drawing or whatever you're doing, if even if it's a nine to five job, if you're not receiving any kind of feedback and if it's negative feedback, you know, hey, well, I don't care, then then you're not you're not growing as an artist or writer or whatever, you're not growing at all. You're just you're you're just you're not moving forward in what you're trying to do you're just okay well i'm i'm the shiznit and i'm doing this and i don't need anybody to tell me what to do i know what i'm doing and that's really really uh sad and negative way to be especially people giving you feedback if it's positive or negative you just gotta roll with the punches and it helps you grow And if you're not growing and if you're not growing as an artist and you're not or any writer or anything you're not you're not moving forward you're not going you just you know standing in one spot you're not willing yeah, to take advice and grow from it and move forward and learn from it so
1: yeah i always like the saying if you're not growing you're dying <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right that's that's true it's a, it's a true statement. <clears throat>
1: Um, you mentioned earlier that you were doing some work with Lucky Comics. Uh, it might be on hold at the moment, but, um, you know, is there any, is there any other uh, collaborations or upcoming projects, uh, you know, you want to share with the listeners?
2: Um, like I said, I'm doing a, my own comic book, uh, working on it. Uh, Black Titan on so hold because I've been doing other things. Black Titan um, needs to be one one issue, eight pages. Um I do have something with uh, a company called Endeavor Comics. That's an indie publisher, a guy on Facebook I'm talking to. Um, and I've sent a lot of emails out to different uh, publishers like DC, uh, Marvel, um, Ani Press, uh, IW, and a guy on, on LinkedIn said, well, um, no response is not a no, It's not a closed door. I mean, those guys are very busy. They've got a lot of editing to do with their artists, and writers, and books they got coming out every every month or every every two weeks, whatever. So I'm just kind of like, you know, if I get something, you know, I get. If not, if not, I don't. But the thing with Lucky Comics was a uh, Crown the Barbarian, and then a Six Gun Gorilla magazine that they're working on, and I did a, a one page and I did a pinup of six gun gorilla and that's a magazine with different writers and stories and artwork um and I talked to the writer and he said it's been a whole couple of months because they haven't gotten a story from one of the writers so they're waiting on the story from the writer they can publish the magazine so i'm waiting on that but in the meantime i'm creating what i want to create like my character black titan and i've got a lot of ideas that i want to get out um Add to the, the script that he wrote for me, um, but my my character I think I think it's pretty cool. I mean, his costume like and like the character Black Titan that I'm working on is a lot of uh, like Luke Cage influences from for him. My character, um, I'm a huge Luke Cage fan, especially the one from like the the eighties and the sixties. I, I mean, I love Luke Cage. Um, and his Black Titan, the character, um, it's—he's a hero that um, grew up in the streets of Los Angeles. Um, of course, the, the cliche of both parents dying uh, tragically, and um, using his powers for good. And you know, so, but yeah I'm just really want to really want to get my character off and take taking off with him and doing something with him and doing my comic book
1: so. that's awesome you said uh, it was uh, is he like inspired by luke cage kind of thing or is it like a uh this uh, his uh
2: his uh, uh, powers like he uh, of course he's super strength uh he's got uh impenetrable skin you he, he can't penetrate his skin or anything like that he can fly um, he wears these two gauntlets on his wrist that can shoot out blasts and his enemies and he protects innocent people or children. Um, um, and the environment he's put in is like an act, it's a real a real environment, drugs, you know, people pushing drugs and sex trafficking and things like that. And um, he's got a really cool background, a uh, story um, which the writer wrote me a script and I'm um, going to be working on the uh, this other other layouts probably this week. Because like I said, I really want to get him off the ground. And, and I learned that a lot of people that I talked to uh, that helped me out would say, hey, just do your own book. I mean, because a lot of editors want you to do your, you know, see what you, can you do, can you tell a story? Can you produce you know pages pencil pages ink pages and they want to see what you can do as an artist and a visual uh, visually and that's where i'm leaning more towards instead of going like marvel dc or idw or image or whoever because those guys are established they've got their artists and a lot of artists that work for these companies these publishers they do the artwork the penciling inking the covers so they've already got their crew so to speak and so me as a creator, I like to get my own book out there and say, hey, you know, this is what I can do. And people, I think, will will flock to that if you can do your own thing instead of doing someone else's characters, which is cool, but to be your own person, own cheerleader, do your own thing, your own creator, I think that's what makes an artist.
0: So,
1: Cool.
0: Uh, We got one last question, and that's... uh... Where do you well, like, what, like, long term goals do you have in your whole artistic journey? You
2: know, long term goals, um, just keep creating, um, um, do my own book, get it out there, publish it, um, um, just keep creating. That's what I want to do. Just keep creating my own, my own stuff, my own characters, and everything, and just. Be my own person in the, in the in the art and comic industry, make a name for myself, so to speak. Cool. So.
0: Now, uh, where can people find you?
2: Art Station, uh, Facebook, mainly Facebook. Um, no Instagram. I've got a Twitter page. I can't remember the link on my Twitter page. I've got a LinkedIn page. Um, <clears throat> find me on LinkedIn, Art Station, Facebook, mainly those three social social platforms
1: so awesome okay
2: well uh thanks for coming on yes thanks for inviting me guys i appreciate it definitely good having you (laughs) Me too
0: that was episode 129